Cool, cool. Um, all right, are you guys ready? Should we rock and I roll? Think so. Should we get after it? Go. Should we stay focused and get after it? Nice. Well done, Peg. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my disciplined accountability partner, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. We know from research and from our year of monthly habit challenges, how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So we're getting intentional about our habits and we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. On today's episode, we are very excited to say that we have a special guest with us, Sarah Westbrook, and she is going to speak with us about her work and the role that habits play in her life. Sarah is a motivational speaker, author, and singer, and brings the message of power of choice through her You Power presentations and workshops, which she delivered to over half a million people of all ages, from students, parents, educators, and companies. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. We're so glad to have you here. Welcome, Thank you Sarah. for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm excited. And and a little fun fact, Sarah and I actually were in high school together. So it's so great to be able to chat like this and catch up since, you know, oddly being in a small town, we don't seem to run into one another that often. Um, No, and how are we not still in high school? I know that doesn't seem like I don't want to say it was 20 (laughs) years ago, but it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and Sarah, um, as you as you know from us talking about this, on this podcast, we talk about habits. So we have kind of some habit-related questions that we wanted to throw your way. How does that sound? It sounds amazing. Awesome. Yeah, throw, throw them at me. Okay. Okay, well, just to get started, just so that you can sort of, in your own words, give us an idea about who you are and what you do so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Absolutely. So my focal point is skills to build emotional management, emotional awareness, emotional resilience. So I call it the three E's just to condense it. When we talk about these huge emotions that we all experience, and it's something that we all have in common, yet they can be very uncomfortable and easy to want to not talk about them. Yet they're there, they're real. And how we become mindful of them and ultimately look at them, manage them in a healthy way and move through them so that we can bounce back while respecting ourselves, others and our dreams is what I'm passionate about sharing skills. Because I do believe that it is a muscle. That is a muscle that we can build and we can develop. And like any muscle, it takes effort. It takes discipline. And when you talk about habits, it's the same. It takes that effort, it takes that mindfulness, it takes that practice, and that when we fall off track, we're aware, we get back on. And I do believe that when we talk about emotional development and emotional awareness and management, it's the same. We've got to really hone in those skills. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let's have some fun doing it. So yeah. when I do presentations, I like to have some fun alongside, because I think sometimes when we talk about 
emotions, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Like, oh my God, she's going to talk about emotions. I'm already drained. Like, instead of it being like, okay, <laughs> we can, we, we can have fun with this too. Yeah. And I think um, what you said there is great too, that it is something that can be developed. And I think that for Peg and I, that's something that has become so apparent to us is that having good habits in your life isn't just something you have or don't have. It is something you build. And the more you do it, the more that that discipline gets strengthened. So I think that that's a really kind of interesting crossover for these two topics. Uh, So we're curious, Sarah, for you, what are some habits that you have in your life that help make you, as we say, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self? I would say I'm going to give you a handful. We're off the top of my head. Visualization is really important to me. And uh, that became early on for me as being a singer. So when I think about my vocal cords, my coaches would always say you can't physically see them. So they would give me visualization techniques that helped me a lot with confidence when it came to stage presence. Still does to this day. I often ask if I'm presenting about the space in the room, approximately how many people. I like to get a visual. I like to picture myself walking on stage, walking on stage with confidence, knowing that sometimes, yes, I'm going to be nervous and anxious, and that's natural, but breathing through it. So visualization has been a very big part of my habits. Also, I would say making sure that I take time to relax, Um, and rejuvenate especially with my husband who we all went to high school with yes and uh, have we've been together since high school so that also at night having some downtime and relaxing conversation is is something that helps me be healthier and happier working out is a big Mm -hmm. part of a routine for me and a habit that I really enjoy doing physically uh, lifting weights becomes something that I find as a great stress relief and also a great focus to have. Mm -hmm. Those would be some of my off the top habits as well as definitely spending time with my son, family and friends, just like really focusing and being mindful, which that's a whole nother practice. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. So you've let us know some of your habits. Can you off the top of your head, or maybe you've thought about this, is there a habit that you don't presently have or practice that you would like to incorporate into your life? So one that I really had, and I would say growing up, I got really disciplined in it was journaling. And I'm a huge advocate of journaling. It's made a big difference for me. I actually remember when my mom, when I was a preteen, wanted me to journal and I really struggled with writing and she wanted me to journal because she thought it would help my my confidence and my reflection. And I thought it was so silly and it would be a huge waste of time. (laughs) Literally, like we have a whole story about it. And I actually wrote about that piece. And I have found that when I, when I look back in the last, I would say couple years, I have done sporadic writing, but I have not continually kept that piece where even as being a singer songwriter and, you know, having times where I haven't just sat down and wrote a song. So if I was to be really honest about it, I would say write in my journal and I write blogs, but this is different. Writing in your mm-hmm. journal is different. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
So Absolutely. once I get off this, I'm going to go write my journal. <laughs> nice. You've been inspired. I like it. Yes. <laughs> I can see how that would be a really uh, good habit and one that makes sense for you as well in terms of processing all of this. And as you teach others about emotional awareness, of course, um, you know, you can't fill for others from an empty bucket, right? So you have to have those tactics in place for yourself so that you're able to deliver your message to others. So I think that that's a great one. That's a really good one. Um, so the next thing we are a bit curious about is looking at kind of the way our worlds uh, kind of intersect because I see so much overlap. And I'm wondering, how do you think emotional awareness can help contribute to habit formation and also vice versa. How do you think habit formation can contribute to emotional awareness? It's kind of a, I see how they go together and I'm wondering yeah, what you we're, think. We're doing the mirror image. Of yeah. You know, if I was to just break down, if I look at how we, we build habit, when I look at if I'm not creating or doing something, what emotion is stopping me from that? Mm -hmm. So is there, is there fear? Am I scared? Am I right? So I think that sometimes when we don't create a habit and even if it's something we think, oh, I'd really like to do that, but it stops at that, like, oh, well, that's something that sounds nice to do. And then that's it. Is it, is it what's going on that's stopping? And oftentimes we think it's a circumstance. Well, I don't have, or this happened or this and it's a circumstance. And I would say, well, let's take it one step further and say, what's below the circumstance, like beyond that you have this, I don't have time, for example, could be the circumstance. Like that's the almost excuse, right? Like that I don't have time. But below that, is there an emotion? Is there, it's I'm overwhelmed. Is there something going on where you're calling, I don't have time, but there's a little bit of fear or, or scared or you want to do it, but there's something holding you back because you feel a bit annoyed by. And I think that if we look at the emotional state, we can also look at sometimes why we're not doing something, even though in our mind we think, oh, no, I do want to do that. But then what's really stopping you? Could there be an emotion? Mm -hmm. So when we look at emotional awareness, uh, when and when I do it, when I'm doing presentations and even working with companies and doing workshops, I build in a choice-making formula. And, and they can really break down what the circumstance is, but really look at the emotion it's triggering and then really look at how can you be aware of that emotion and then what can you do with it to move through it in a healthy way and actually management, manage it so you can get to your end result and uh, res respect that goal that you have. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point. And I'm wondering kind of, I'm looking at you right now, Peg, and I'm wondering what you think because I know a lot of times when we are working on a new habit, we've talked about really getting intentional and why is it you want to establish that habit? Because if you don't have a clear why, it can really get in the way. Um, but then also, maybe even if it's trying to break a bad habit, I think that that emotional awareness piece is huge in yeah. really first understanding, not just not doing whatever the thing is, but why, right? Yeah. Well, when Sarah was just talking about it, it's neat how when we talk about it, we're talking about the systems and the intention, but bringing this as another uh, piece over top of it is a cool way to think about it because that business of something being scary 
And then you're like, no, no, I just need the right system. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe, maybe I should probably explore that maybe there's some fear or some um, overwhelm or what exactly what you're saying, Sarah. So that's, that's a neat way to look at it. I like that. And I think too, like we've, we talk about it a lot about how we will be on a good streak with good habits, things are going well, and then something happens in our lives and things get off track. And, you know, obviously this is when the emotion piece comes in, like we talk about over the holidays. And this is when I think emotional management would be most, most useful. Well, especially over the holidays. I mean, the one that comes up when I'm talking to people and I even know for myself at times is that anxious feeling. And that an anxious can be so close to so many other emotions. It can be anxious for, and slash excited. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I even get like that around presenting. You get that, like that nervous, anxious, excited feeling. Yeah. And it's learning to be aware of it and not fight it, literally feel it. You yeah. Because sometimes we'll catch ourselves telling us not to feel like, I shouldn't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't be. And then yeah. you realize you're still nervous. <laughs> yeah. Like the don't be is not counteracting the nervous. Absolutely. Right. But I shouldn't be scared. And then you almost make yourself bad and wrong and shame yourself, which adds a whole nother layer of emotion like guilt and shame Mm -hmm. um to just feeling an emotion just being like i'm natural i'm normal good i'm feeling an emotion it means i'm alive here we go but now what do i do with it and and sometimes i'm going to feel uncomfortable sometimes we like to avoid uncomfortable but that's where amazing change can happen is it getting a little uncomfortable stepping outside your comfort zone and and that although can make your heart beat faster, I think that's where the really good stuff can happen. I agree. And I think that that's, that's something I definitely feel like I see a lot when I'm talking to people is um, the expectation of constant comfort and that <laughs> we shouldn't do things that are uncomfortable. And also the confusion, you know, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, it's giving me anxiety or, you know, that that made me have anxiety. And I think a lot of times we forget that, you know, as much as, yeah, that's not a comfortable emotion, it's also a normal emotion to feel. And it can be confusing because of the similar physiological response to excitement. And I know I've tried that with myself anytime I've felt, you know, anxious feelings coming on when doing something, I'll tell myself in my mind, oh my gosh, I'm really excited yeah. and kind of do that mental trick. So, and I know you and I've talked about this as well, Peg. Sure, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. That's a good one. No, um, I love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned that we like to talk about systems. And so we're going to bring it back to that for a second, Sarah. We are, we okay. are very curious do you have a set morning routine? Is there a way that you start your day every day? And if so, what, what do you have included in your morning routine? So uh, one of the things I do is I wake up and I instantly splash cold water on my face. That's okay. one of my, I just one of my, and it sounds so like, who would do that? But it's like that, get up, here we go. I'm going to start okay. my day. Uh, I go make coffee. I always put coconut oil in my coffee. So I'll scoop that, put that in my coffee. We have a seven-year-old son, so I'm also, it depends on if if I'm presenting that morning, I've got to be on the road early, then I'd be gone and my husband would be working with getting things organized, but I for sure got like lunch made, so I'm doing that at the same time with the coffee, (laughs) and those are a couple of my for sure standard routines, and that could even be... uh, 
like a Monday to Friday. On the weekend, it might switch up because I'm not making a lunch. Mm-hmm. But the cold water on the face with the coffee and coconut oil is like my thing. I go to bed thinking, okay, well, tomorrow I'm excited to wake up for my coffee. <laughs> and the coconut oil, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's just, I, I tried it and it was just one of those things. I was like, I'm not, this is going to be so gross. <laughs> like, if I'm going to give it a go, I've heard it's great. And you get used to it. And I actually find uh, it's a sustainable energy source for me. Like I, oh. I actually noticed a difference. Interesting. So how much do you put in? I get a tablespoon, like a okay. full one in my soda. And now it is such a routine and habit for me. Interesting. It's a genuine, like, and I like to have, and then when, if I take coffee to go, I don't have coconut oil in it, but it's like my cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I do notice a difference for me. That's... I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I really like it. And so are you a get up at the same time every day person? No, no. Different no. depending no. on your schedule. Would, yeah. Different depending on my schedule, but I would probably would say I'm up by for sure, seven thirty each day. Yeah, like and, and that funny. would be kind of late. If I'm presenting, then that would be considered late. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing that we talk about, Sarah, around habits is Peg and I have very different uh, setups to our week. So I work at you know like, like a corporate job. So I'm at work every day at eight a.m. So Monday to Friday for me is very consistent. So. For me, developing habits is, I would say, not easier, but I have I have more of a set routine that I can then tie habits to. Whereas for Peg, because your work schedule is almost a habit, like that. Yes, time to absolutely, time. yeah. So it's First kind of wouldn't be at all. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Whereas you and Peg are more, I would say, similar because your schedules flex. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more so which that can be an interesting challenge too right to mm-hmm. kind of incorporate those things into your day so is there I'll kind of just that we were talking about a routine that you would want to add is there anything that you would want to add to your morning routine like something that you would like to do in the mornings you know at one point I was getting up and trying to plan it so I was up when no one else was up which yeah. can be difficult with children. Like, cause yeah. you're, cause you're like, oh, no one's going to be up. And then all of a sudden I'm up and my son's like, I heard you were up. Yes. <laughs> so you're like, hey, that didn't work. But yeah, <laughs> uh, is doing some stretching in the morning. Like oh, it doesn't nice. even have to be yoga. Like I yeah. do enjoy hot yoga. Like I said before, I do enjoy uh, weightlifting, uh, but it could just be as simple as stretching and yeah. doing that about 10 or 15 minutes. I, that would be something that I want to add to my morning now yeah. thinking about it. Me too. That is I've done it a sprinkling of times. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the, the big thing for me is I have to go to bed with the mindset of what time I'm going to get up at. Yeah. Like if I have it, if I'm thinking about it, again, it goes back to visualization for me. For me, that's been a very powerful tool to utilize because if I go to bed with that in my head, that's going to be at this one, and then I rev myself up. Like, I'm going to be excited. I attach pleasure to it. Like, I'm going to wait. And then it's, even if I wake up a bit groggy, I'm like, no, I had this set in my head. And, oh, no, now I got to turn on the coffee machine, get my coconut oil going. <laughs> right? Like, I'll just start attaching pleasure to it. Yeah, I love that. And that's that's actually what got me through a lot. Our son was a horrible sleeper. 
Oh gosh. The whole wide world. But as yeah. a kid, but that he'd be up constant. I remember keeping this sleep journal and oh. being, Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. But what would keep me going was the mindset of but when he does get up, I'm going to and then I'd have my little routine. Set yeah. up my, whatever it was, like make coffee or I'm gonna do yeah. this. I'm gonna right. Apparently I like coffee. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There is just one thing that occurs to me. Um, when we were talking a little bit before we started recording, you mentioned that you have um, your journal, which I've definitely seen when I've, at the, uh, when I've been at the bookstore, the You Power Journal. Yes. Um, and we've talked before. Um, I, for me, I know uh, gratitude journaling is a very big part of my daily practice in the morning and at night. Peg, are you still doing it? Yeah, every day. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Nice. Um, so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the Power Journal and um, kind of what the intention is behind that. The intention behind that is to build emotional resilience. And so what I mean by that is to really practice that circumstance, the, the whole idea that circumstances in life are going to happen and they're not always going to be in your control. And sometimes we can get so stuck on the circumstance that and some since we don't have control over it we it almost gets even more frustrating well if they didn't say that to me if you did it instead of okay that happened i i wish i could snap my fingers and make that not happen but it's but it did mm-hmm. and it's triggered an emotion whether that's sadness frustration anger anxious overwhelmed and i'm going to take that emotion and i actually where i do have power hence why i call it you power is you have the power to choose how you take that emotion be aware of it move through it and manage it in a healthy way so that you can come out the other side becoming even more confident than when you stepped into the circumstance so you can keep respecting yourself others in your dreams even when you're hit with challenging times so there's six steps. I share a personal challenge in every step, whether it was my parents' divorce growing up, whether it was mm-hmm. my Canadian Idol experience of being super disappointed, uh, different circumstances so that, A, the reader sees, oh, I'm not alone. And even mm-hmm. though our circumstances might not be the same, doesn't matter, we've all experienced tough emotions. We've all been annoyed, jealous, overwhelmed, and sad. So that connects us all. And then the exercises are about how do we continually work through the emotions so that we can build our confidence and bounce back. And there are exercises I still do to this day. Yeah. So there are still ones that I look at, that I practice, that I do. And the, the idea was that the journal can prompt you. Because what sometimes happens is we can keep being in our story, our circumstance over and over and over again, not realize we're not moving beyond it. So the journal is really there to prompt you to move beyond what happened, beyond what you made it mean, beyond the emotion, and move to an end result. And then you can take those tools and apply them anywhere. Yeah, I can see how that would be great for all ages, all types of people, whether it's in a business like work application, school, home, anywhere. 
Well, and what's really great too is not always mentioning this to you before we had started, we were just having a little bit of a chit chat is that my son, so it would being seven years old is not going to always sit there journaling ever <laughs> or um, having these really deep conversations. Yet when I ask him questions from the You Power Journal, I get so much information than me saying, how was your day? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. What'd you do? Went out for recess. Okay. <laughs> the end. <laughs> and you're right. So it's, I found that even though I made it for older, he, even as a young age with me as a parent doing it with him really benefits from the exercises. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Okay. Awesome. And that journal, just one quick question about it, Sarah, is it something that people can do as a daily practice? Or is that something that is more suited to when you're struggling with something or having a particular challenge? Or is it both? I would say both. Both because it's proactive, but also because you you can be flexible with it. If you want to use it as your part of your daily practice, 100%. If you wanted to, it to be flexible and you could just, sometimes I just pick it up and I just randomly open it as a page and I'm like, that's the exercise I'm going to do. It doesn't have to be done back to front, front to back. You can just <clears throat> randomly pick it up and add it into a sprinkle of what your week needs. <laughs> okay, cool. And um, for our listeners who might be interested in your You Power Journal or if they just want to reach out and say hi to you online, what's the best place for them to go to find that, to find you? Instagram's a great way. So it's I am Sarah Westbrook, Sarah, no H, Westbrook, no E at the end. <laughs> and uh, my website, sarahwestbrook.com. Okay, we'll link up to those in our show notes for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been great chatting with you. And I so appreciate you taking the time to chat with us tonight. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All right, and that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Thank you so much to our fabulous guest, Sarah Westbrook. We will have the links in the show notes with all of her information if you're interested in learning more about her. For questions or comments, send us an email to theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You can also catch us on the socials. Jenny is on Twitter at jakehouse, and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. And if you like the show, and of course we hope that you do, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. It's the most common way that new listeners find our show. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. We also have a Facebook group, so search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now, go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. Do you know what habit I remember Sarah used to have in high school? Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> no, it was, this was a good habit. Okay. I remember you because I think, I think our history class was right in the morning. And I remember you daily peeling a grapefruit. <gasps> that was one of my habits. Well, now you have to really ask me the question about yeah. what do I want to add. Now I got to <laughs> feel a grapefruit. And I bet yeah. you it smelled so good in there, right? Nice and oh, citrusy. I loved you, it. That was before diffusers. I was diffusing oh. the air.